get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Jeremy Rutherford, I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Right now, let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by former Blues goalies, Jamie McLennan, joining us here on the show. Jamie, thanks so much for the time. How you doing today? Not too bad. How are you doing today? Doing very well. So let's talk about the goalie for the Blues, Jordan Bennington. He was great again last night. He's had a really good season so far this year. I wanted to ask you what... What have you seen from his development from where he was when he first came up to the Blues and obviously a fantastic start for him to where he is today? What, what have you seen develop from Jordan Bennington? Well, confidence is, has never been a problem for Jordan. I think he's a, a very confident goaltender in his ability. Um, the one thing I've noticed as he's gotten more experienced is he's quieter in the net. Like he, he uses his size to his advantage. Um, He's economical. So what I mean by economical, he doesn't go chasing the puck. And when a goaltender chases the puck, they expose holes. They open holes that, and they end up getting beat through the body. He's very economical where in his movements, they're fluent. um, They're strong. He knows where to go on the ice as far as his positioning. And and to me, he's just found that groove where um, with experience, he knows what, what's coming and, and how to deal with it. So his reads are very strong. So we've just seen a, a goaltender kind of come into his own. I know he hit the ground running uh, with the run and the Stanley Cup, but then it's almost like, okay, now I'm getting paid a lot of money to be the starter, to do this every night. So you have to develop that type of consistency within your game, and we're starting to see that. I think there were some dips last year, but, but this year, it's been very consistent, and it comes back to the structure of his game, which has been very, very strong. Jamie, I'm glad you said that because I did an article at The Athletic the other day about Jordan Bennington, and I asked Doug Armstrong, is he a better goalie now than he was on that run? And it's almost like blasphemy, right, because he was the first rookie to win all 16 games in the playoffs. He was phenomenal. They don't win the cup without him, but you're right. He's just, he's just so much more developed and ready for the role right now. I want to ask you about his contract uh, Doug Armstrong, when I asked him, he said, look, he bet on himself and he won. He's going to get paid like those guys. What type of contract and what kind of commitment, if you're the Blues, would you make to Jordan Bennington? I, I would look at Connor Hellebuck's deal. Um, I would look at Matt Murray's deal, uh, you know, somewhere in there. So Matt Murray makes 6.25. Now he was a pending unrestricted free agent. Um, he was going to get some hazard pay in Ottawa because <laughs> – Ottawa's going to be that near the bottom of the standings for a little bit during the rebuild. Um, you know, Connor Hellebuck was a, a Vesna winner, 
but he was also a Vesna finalist. Uh, you know, so connor has been kind of at the top, and he signed, I believe, an extension at $6 million a year. So I, I would argue it's going to have something like that, you know, whether it's a six in it and term depends on how much unrestricted free agent years they want to buy up of his. But ultimately, uh, you're right. He has bet on himself. I don't, I don't think it's going to get ridiculous where he's going to be in Vasilevsky money. Uh, Vasilevsky, I believe, is a couple years younger than him. Um, and, I, you know, quite frankly, and I'm not being dis- disrespectful, but Vasilevsky's a better goaltender. Um, so I, I just I, I think it's, it's going to be somewhere in that range where you're looking at Hellebuck, who has been a Vesna finalist or winner, and he got term, and, and Winnipeg gave him a bunch of money. So, you know, is it something with a six in it? Can it get something with a seven in it? I don't know. He can, you can ask for the world. It doesn't mean that you will <laughs> receive it. So uh, either way, he has to get a, a huge raise or a, a significant raise because he did bet on himself, and it's turning out for him. I'm curious because that's that's the contracts that he'll get. When you look around the league and you start kind of stacking up these goalies, where does he rank for you? Because we watch so much of the Blues, sometimes we lose sight of where he ranks in the big picture of the entire league. Is he a top 10 guy for you right now in the league? I would say so. I, I mean, there's always an argument of who you like, and Marc-Andre Fleury's playing great, and, you know, Vasilevsky and Hellebuck, and, you know, Carey Price always gets in the conversation, even though he's statistically had a really poor year. Um you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two. Carter Hart is an emerging up and up and coming star. Um, you know, there's some good. Philip Grubauer is a guy that has great stats in Colorado, but are they a product of the team in front of them? You know, so there's Darcy Kemper's been a guy who's been really good in Arizona statistically, but kind of gets lost in that market. But I would say Bennington has been a top 10 goaltender, especially this year. Um, is he going to get paid like one? Well, that's between his agent and, and general manager, Doug Armstrong, who's been, as we've, we've seen in, you know, in recent years, a very tough negotiator. But that being said, um, I, I would say that Bennington is in the conversation or at least is a top 10 goaltender in the league. So now it's not even how you get paid against your peers. It's how you stack up to how valuable you are to the team. And then, if you are going to do peer comparison, well, he's not going to compare to Marc-Andre Fleury, who's 37 years old. He's got to compare to guys who are more in his wheelhouse as far as age and accomplishments. That's why I brought up a guy like Hellebuck, and I brought up a guy like Matt Murray. Jamie, it's a story that's, uh, I guess, dying down a little bit after it happened last uh, Saturday. uh, Jordan Bennington leaving the ice in San Jose after being pulled and kind of uh, an encounter with a few Sharks players. The reason I bring it up again is because Jordan Bennington last night was the first night that uh, the media had a chance to talk with him. It's a Zoom world, right? Selected players. You only get to talk to him every once in a while. But uh, we want to play for you what he said. Uh, He was asked, what happened when you left the ice in San Jose? What got into you in your, your exit in, in San Jose Saturday night? Uh, I was pissed off, JT. <laughs> I wanted them to say something, but not really. So, Jamie, I think everybody assumed that the Sharks bench chirped him, and that's why he circled back, and he admitted last night that nobody said anything. Yeah, I mean, you know what it is? You, you love that competitive fire. You know, he's a guy who's proven that he can win. He's proven that that's his net. So in a game where it's not going so well and maybe you feel like the team is, is a little bit um, sleepy or needs a jolt, you know, he took it upon himself. 
I mean, he, he gets involved at the bench. He, he takes a swipe at Carlson or a fake swipe and then, and then engages with Devin Dubnik. And I was joking on my show saying, I don't know if I'd want to skate towards Devin Dubnik, who's six foot six and, uh, <laughs> you know, is, is, is put together pretty well. He's a big guy, right? And, and Jordan is a pretty thin guy and wiry, but I also said, we have no idea how tough people are in today's world because everyone's a UFC fighter. <laughs> so I, I don't know if he, you know, if Bennington has some form of training that all of a sudden Dubnik's in a cross face chicken wing or something, <laughs> who knows, you know, like, so I was kind of chuckling because, you know, I have no problem with it once in a while. Do I want him to be involved physically and getting off his game and chirping with players? Absolutely not. That That's why he has players in front of him to, to back him up. On a one-off where you're pissed off and you show some emotion, and maybe that's uncharacteristic of him, I kind of love it. I actually, I don't kind of love it. I do love it because it shows that he cares. He shows that he was pissed off that it wasn't going that well that night, and he still wanted to be a difference maker even though he you know, he was on his, on his way out. So, you know, I don't want him doing it every night. I don't want him to make a habit of it, but a one-off here or there, I, I kind of liked it. I know you spent time in St. Louis in your career. And as a St. Louis native myself, who grew up a, a blues fan. When you see him go after Dubnik, you can't help it, but in your head, here comes shovel day. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, uh, you know, things where I actually even think back to in the playoffs, uh, Fierzy had started when I was playing with the, the blues in the late nineties, Fierzy started against back then it was Phoenix. It's Arizona now. And he got pulled and I went in and I tried to stir something up in the second period of Keith Kachuk and poor Ricard Pearson ended up third in that fight. I felt bad for him because I started, started something with Kachuk and Pearson jumped in. And then I tried to get after Habby Bulin. You know, I was not going to be a factor in that playoff series. And I thought, you know what? I want to stir up some emotion and see if the guys respond. Um, they ended up responding. We battled back in that series and we battled back in, in that game. But ultimately, you just want to be a difference maker. And if it's not stopping pucks, maybe it's something else. So um, things happen. Again, I come back to you never want to see that type of thing happened consistently because it's just not in your wheelhouse. But I always respect guys who, who maybe step out of their comfort zone to try something different. Jamie, they've won their last three games since that moment, or I guess, including that moment. Is it possible that was a bit of a turning point for the blues? There's always things that galvanize a group. So whether it's a a big goal, a big save, a a fight, maybe a speech from a veteran player in a, in a heart to heart meeting, there's things throughout your season where you're having ups and you're having downs that can, you know, maybe jolt the group or galvanize them, or at least maybe have a pause where the guys go, okay, let's, let's pull it together. I would certainly point to that as, as a, as a turning point. I wouldn't say they needed a turning point, but at that point, maybe it's an incident that, that got the guys reengaged a little bit. So certainly you, you circle that and say, that that moment could have been a, a moment where it helped pull the guys together. Hey, Jamie, before we let you scoot, wanted to ask about Jake Allen. He became a fan favorite down the stretch, you know, just being such a great teammate during that Stanley Cup run as Jordan Bennington emerged. Jake Allen, 4-2-2 two two with a 2.12 and a 9.29 save percentage in Montreal. I know they've had some turnover with the coaching staff, the goalie coach. You know, He's got an all-world goalie playing in front of him who's not playing that great. Probably a difficult time for Jake, but all in all, he's playing well. 
I love him. I think he's an amazing athlete. I think he's an amazing person. And he's the perfect fit for Carey Price and the Montreal Canadiens. And, yeah, he was, you know, he's making, I believe, $4.5 million, So it's a lot of money to, to not be a number one. But I think Mark Bergevin invested in that position, knowing the condensed schedule, knowing that Carey Price at 34 years old needs nights off. Um, and Jake Allen has been what they've been dying for for a long time, and that's where your backup needs to give you points. He just doesn't need to give the starter a night off. He actually needs to give you points in, in today's world with the parity in the National Hockey League. So Jake Allen has been unbelievable for the Montreal Canadiens. You guys know him, uh, how fantastic of a person he is and, and how good of a goaltender he can be. Uh, it just it was the right scenario for Doug Armstrong to have to move him so that you could you know, clear the path for Jordan to take over. So, uh, you know, St. Louis's loss is Montreal's gain, and, and they're loving him there in Montreal. Jamie, thanks so much for doing this today, man. Always enjoy our chats. I know Jamie Rivers sends all of his love up your way. We'll talk with you again soon, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's Jamie McClendon, former Blues goalie, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Give him a follow on Twitter at his name, Jamie McClendon 29.